The work you do before you launch your community is vital to the success of that launch and to the culture you ultimately create in your community. Today, I talked to Anna Maria Dorgo about how she used the co-created approach to successfully launch the Butter community. She goes into great detail the steps she took so you too can use these tactics to prepare for your own launch or to revamp and refocus your current community. Welcome to The Thriving Community Show, bringing you proven tactics and actionable advice from leading experts and community professionals. We talk about how to create a successful membership business. I'm your host, Philippa Yilstrom. With me here today, I have Anna Maria Dorgo, Head of Community at Butter and founder of the L&D Shakers. Butter is a software platform where you can plan and host virtual sessions. The L&D Shakers is a community of practice for learning and development professionals. Anna Maria brings her learning experience design knowledge to building communities of learning, practice, and user communities. Together with the core team, she launched and manages L&D Shakers, which has grown to over 2,000 members from all over the world in just two years. This community is fully members-led, and it's a breeding ground for collaborative learning projects and experiments. We'll be talking about this community in a later podcast episode. Today, we're focusing on Anna Maria's role as head of community at Butter. She joined the Butter team in June 2020 and has built their facilitation community from the ground up. She works with a core community team of six community members to bring workshops, webinars, MAAs, or Ask Me Anything sessions, and other types of events to the community. They curate an ever-growing free library of facilitation resources and support Butters users in getting educated on how to make the most out of the product. Anna Maria also advises companies and NGOs on how to build their internal communities of practice to boost their learning culture, innovation, employee engagement, and a sense of belonging, as well as driving change from within. Today, we're going to be talking about Anna Maria's co-created approach to community design and community nurturing for the launch and running of Butter. Welcome, Anna Maria. Philippa, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Well, let's start at the beginning. And when you started working for Butter, there wasn't a community. So where did you start? And how did you start? Yes. Uh, well, there wasn't a community per se in the true sense of the word, but the team had already started MVPing the idea of a community. And by that, I mean hosting bi-weekly recurrent events for our users and also anyone interested in facilitation. Um, and so these events started probably six months before I joined. And an interesting thing uh, was noticed. Um, the fact that there were 
different people joining almost every session. So the team thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. So people do want to gather. And even the, even this biweekly events are creating the sense of belongingness and community. So that was their, their cue to bring the community project on the table and see how we can actually build that space for both our members as well as anyone interested in facilitation. And that's when um, I come and I joined the team uh, last year and what I've been doing ever since. Okay. So these bi-weekly events were literally just these bi-weekly events. There wasn't like a forum. There wasn't anything. No. Okay. Okay. So there's no way for people to talk. Right. Correct. Okay. Okay. So that's what you meant by it not being a real sort of community. Exactly. Right. Okay, but you at least had these bi-weekly events to sort of start you off as some sort of basis. There was contact with customers and, and there, were, uh, there were conversations being had. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that, that's, that's where we started, right? So that's where the team, I, that even prior to me joining, the, joining Butter, they identified this need for people, A, to learn new techniques, new methods, facilitation. So they realized that those events were bringing value to the attendees and people were were joining them and they were coming back to them so they said hey there's there's something we can explore here there's definitely more to it than than just these events okay so you got this lovely almost blank sheet of paper and so what what did you do how did you start yes so i when i joined the team the team already had two very clear goals uh, from the company side. Uh, and they knew exactly what is it that they would like to achieve with the new community project that was about to be launched. And so that was my, that was my brief, basically, when I joined the company. It was an area where building a space for anyone that's interested in facilitation. We really want to bring this craft forward. We really want to make sure it reaches people beyond the role or the name of facilitation, beyond the very few people that are, um, I don't know, went to probably very expensive courses and they somehow magically ended up in this profession. Um, we really want to bring facilitation to any team lead, every manager, every single person that gathers a group of people virtually to achieve a challenge, a common goal. So let's make facilitation mainstream. That was one of the goals and still is the biggest goal of the Butter community. And the second one was um, Butter was and still is gaining a lot of traction. It's a very, it's a product that is very catchy. It is a product that's very useful. So ever, like, ever since the early days, it gained a lot of early adopters. And so the Butter community, it's also the place where our early users can gather and they can, um, A, have a clear communication line with our product team. And so they are able to uh, talk to us, have interviews with us, express their wishes in terms of product features, give us feedback, et cetera, but also meet with other users to exchange best practices on how to make the most out of Butter and how to use the tool for better, more engaging, uh, more collaborative sessions. So it has it had this twofold purpose to it. And the third element that I brought to the mix was the fact that for me, it was very clear from the beginning on 
that we're going to take a collaborative and co-created approach to this project. So I knew that it's not going to be just me in front of a drawing board, putting my vision of what a community might is. I mean, that, that's one of the approach. We could have done that, but there are so many other communities of facilitators out there. So you're really like, you really want to make sure that you're building something that your members, potential members want and need. So we didn't knew that. And we set out to build this community together with, uh, with them. And so we had a couple of stages process to do just that. Um, and I think it took us around three months from the time I joined the company up until the time I, I joined in June and we launched the community officially, like a soft launch end of August. So there was three months of um, me joining the team, being onboarded, talking about the strategy of the community, understanding truly what the product is, what our users are, who are they, et cetera, up to this entire co-creation process, with it, which I can tell you more about in a second. And um, we self-launched end of August and we officially launched the community in September 16th with a really, really big party, workshop party. Your time and attention are two of your most precious assets. So I'm honored you are using these here with me by listening to The Thriving Community Show. I'm Philippa Yilstrom, your host, advising business owners how to build successful memberships to earn recurring revenue and drive business growth. If you too want the competitive advantage and steady cash flow that building a membership can offer, then head over to my website, philippagillstrom.com. And yes, there are a number of ways to spell Philippa, and my last name is Swedish, so let me spell that for you. P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A-G-I-L-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. Let's connect and have a conversation. Wow. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So where you were clear on the goals and then what were the steps that you were talking about? Because I'm, I'm curious, you know, it's like, okay, if I was going to do this, how would I do this? What, what are the steps that you were taking? You were talking about two, two steps or something? Yeah. So we had, we had a couple of, a couple of steps. Um, so we are a community for facilitator and co-creation approaches are very much facilitated approaches and spaces. So we're bringing people together. In our case, it was a virtual room because we actually approached and we wanted to gather people from all over the world to account for cultural differences, to account for time zones, different needs, et cetera. And so we knew that those that co-creation process is most likely going to be a workshop. Um, so we went on and we approached um, over a hundred different facilitators that A, we've been previously collaborating with. So they've been previously hosting events. B, they were our users. So they were using Butter uh, as consultants, facilitators, product designers, etc. cetera. Uh, and C, people that were neither using the product uh, nor have we ever previously collaborated with, but we were really looking up to. So those were kind of our 
top 10 facilitators I would love to collaborate in the future. So we all put those names on the list and then we went on and we um, we approached them by, via email, via LinkedIn, via the u- usual channels. And we, we told them, hey, we're building the space. We're building a new community. It's a community that is international. It's a community of facilitation for anyone who is hosting uh, virtual sessions. They can be anything from workshops to strategy sessions to branding, innovation, creativity, trainings, educators, consultants, etc. And we would very much like to build the space together with you. Um, do you want to? <laughs> do, you, do, do you want to chip in? Do you want to help us end this journey? And we had around 80 people that came back and said, oh, wow, this is interesting. Like, this is definitely uh, has piqued my interest. I'm curious. And yes, I want to I attend the workshops. I want to be part of that. So then we uh, basically told them, awesome, you're on the list. We're going to keep you updated. So then when we saw, okay, like this is happening, right? Uh, Let's build the workshops. And we knew that the workshops cannot be just um, us going there and asking them questions around, hey, how should this community look like? Or what should the space feel like? So we knew that we had to take a very um, soft, almost metaphorical approach to it. So we've built two different workshops uh, together with a hand-picked team of three other facilitators. So we teamed up with uh, Ross Chapman from Oboto. We teamed up with Rachel Davis from Motto. And we teamed up with Ben Shi from Localize. And um, they're living in Europe and in Asia and in the States. And they were my right and left and in building these uh, in building these two workshops um so probably i i can t- give definitely give some more details on what were the activities what were the prompts the questions etc but we set out to build to build that experience and that experience it had a preparation side so we definitely welcomed everyone prior to the workshops onto a beautiful mirror board where they were able to introduce themselves and add their image and their link to LinkedIn. And it was almost like if imagine it like a virtual conference check-in, right? Where prior to the conference, you're receiving like a digital badge. So then anyone that was landing on that board was like, oh, Philippe is also there. And oh, cool. And Maria is also there. So they could see who else is attending the, the events, the workshops. And they could already, prior to the workshops, link, connect with other facilitators that they probably haven't met. Um, And then came the workshops. And the workshops were uh, two workshops delivered two times each so that we could account for uh, different time zones. And we had uh, more than 60 facilitators attending them in total. Uh, That happened in July, mid of July. And so we were left with, I don't know, thousands of sticky notes after the (laughs) workshops. So much inspiration, so many ideas um, that we took around two weeks to make sense of them all, Uh, pull the main ideas, pull the main information out of it, pull the main, the look, the feel, the, uh, we actually crystallized from those sticky notes, from everything we've seen and heard in those workshops, we crystallize them into our community uh, purpose, into our community values, 
our community vibe, the rules of engagement as well. So all of the community foundation elements were co-created with this initial group of facilitators, uh, as well as a massive list of potential events, value creation activities, right? So they, some of them were events, but others weren't. So you can imagine from anything from uh, different projects on building different content together as a community, et cetera. So there was a massive list of ways we can create, share, and add value as a community for the world of facilitation. So we've built all that. We've packed it in, again, another mirror board to visualize it really nicely. We've built our mission, vision, the values, rules of engagement, and that pool of beautiful value creation activities. And we send them back to the people we've designed this with. And we ask them, hey, is this is, does this sound familiar? I mean, is this the thing that you had in mind when we were workshopping, when you were adding your insights and your input? Um, and if it isn't, tell us what we're missing. And if it is, uh, be so kind and sign it. Sign it with your image or with a signature or what, almost like a manifesto that people accepted or stood behind, right? Um, so then... That happened. People signed it. They were like, yes, this is it. We were obviously extremely happy over the moon. And then the last stage or the last phase of the process were, was to take all of that information and go back to all of the community platforms that we've seen and we've demoed throughout this time and see which one of these community platforms has the right infrastructure to help us, to allow us to actually bring to life all of these activities, bring to life the space that people have envisioned. Um, so we landed on Circle, and then we started building the space with all the spaces, with the welcome, with the onboarding, with all the, the processes, uh, all the spaces, and have uh, welcomed the 16, 80, 80 facilitators that were with uh, us on this journey in different stages um, we invite them for the soft lounge or, or, or beta test, right? Um, that was, I think, three weeks prior to the official launch of the community. Now, imagine that throughout this whole process of us contacting facilitators, then putting in the core team that build the workshops, running the workshops, making sense of it all, we build all of this in public. We talked about it. We posted about it on social media, on LinkedIn. We really wanted to get the word out into the facilitators world that Butter is building something. It's building this space. And if you're excited and if you're curious and if you would like to know what it is we're building, you can just drop your email in this uh, type form and we'll let you know. And you're going to have a, 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 be invited to the community hub prior to the official launch. So in those three months while working on it, we've built a waiting list for over 600 people that were curious about what we were building, uh, which we were able to invite when the community hub was beautifully polished in circle. Uh, after we invited our beta testers, we were able to invite what we call the second cohorts. And they landed on the platform two weeks prior to the official launch 
which we celebrated with a one day full of workshops from early in the morning to very late in the afternoon. And that was a whole different project in itself (laughs) with a whole different background and story. It was like a mini conference, right? And, uh, and that, that was the launch, like in big strokes. I'm, I'm just here sitting, grinning, listening to you. It's absolutely glorious uh, story and adventure and journey that you've been on with all these people from all around the world. And I love how you made it very personal as well, that you got them to like sign with their photo, their name, you know, when, when, you, when you fed back that information, because that's so important as well when we're collaborating with people and we're doing this co-creation, that it's not that they just give and then we take the information and run with it and, and create something that we actually then share it back and say, is this what you also, you know, do you recognize this? Is this, is this yours as well? You know, it, well, do you own this as well? I mean, they, they almost step in and take ownership of it together again with you by putting in their photo or their signature or whatever. I love that detail. That was really good. And, and okay. There's going to be people listening to this going, well, I want to do something like that, but how do I, and and this is where it gets down to the nitty gritty. You were workshopping with these people, but you said you weren't asking questions like, what sort of community do you want? Mm. What sort of field do you want? Because you realized that wasn't really going to get the results. So what were the types of questions that you were posing in these workshops that, that produced so much good? and really valuable content that took you then two weeks to actually go through. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I can definitely give you a bit of a sneak preview into the the workshop. And maybe we can uh, most definitely, we probably won't be able to link the mirror board of the session, but definitely the mirror board of the results of the sense making and how we actually made sense of all those. Uh, sticky notes. We can actually link them in the show notes if you want to, uh, Philippa. That would be but lovely. Yes, yes. So, in terms of the workshops, there were two workshops, and the second one was building on top of the previous one. So there was a lot of. It was important. So the workshops were short, right? They were one hour. Why? Because we're very respectful of people's times. We're really humbled and happy that they they raised their hands and they wanted to help us do this. So we really didn't want to take that for granted. So our question was, how can we pack as much value into two hours of workshops, uh, but also don't try to not rush them because usually virtual workshops tend to be quite rushed. And we wanted to give people also the opportunity to meet new facilitator friends and make new connections and also talk and really like go through it at, at, at a, a more relaxed pace. At the end, we might have succeeded or failed here and there because the sessions were quite packed. But we started as you would start any type of session, um, especially when you're bringing in a room of uh, strangers, people that don't know uh, each other really well. With a introduction round, we really wanted to um, know who's in the room. So we invited facilitators or not only that, were like their work was really different. So there were some of them were teachers, uh, some of them were trainers, consultants, uh, product designers, but also people that had different level of expertise with facilitation. So we started with that, like who's in the room? Do we have only experts or do we have newbies, people that are just starting, people that are in between? 
So that was the first question that we asked. And then uh, most definitely a bit of networking. And we moved on to something that we called uh, yin yang. And this was our attempt to learn more about the needs of our potential members, right? And the way we've we've done this was by an activity or an exercise called hopes and goals versus concerns and obstacles. Okay, hopes and goals versus concerns and obstacles. Okay, yes, yes. Yes. And the prompt here was, um, we're all facilitators, uh, albeit from different countries, different backgrounds, different expertise levels, et cetera. But what we're doing is we're all bringing people together to to workshop and to collectively solve a challenge. And so um, the prompt for this activity was, think about your work and your business, if you have one. And write down and discuss what hopes do you have for the next year? Uh, what do you want to achieve? You as a person, you as a facilitator, you as, as a human being. And what concerns you? So what are the barriers that objectively or potentially stand in your way? So this was not about community. This was not about the space. This was a conversation with peers about what is it that truly excites us excites us at, at the coming year? Uh, what do we want to achieve? What are we working on? And what are our concerns? So obviously, those all of those conversations and all of those sticky notes were very important for us to understand, hey, what is on these people's minds? Like, A, what are their goals? Where are they going? And B, what obstacles, what challenges do they foresee? And where is it that we, as a newly formed community, might step in and support them, whether to achieve those goals easier, whether to uh, lighten up or eliminate some of the barriers? Can we support in any shape or form? So that was one of the activity, for example. Then we moved on to a second conversation and everything was very social and conversational, right? And we asked them the million-dollar question. Imagine that this workshop was actually happening in a mirror board and in butter, um, but we've built a house that has several rooms. So that was the Butter Community Hub, and we were moving from room to the room. And so when we landed in the cafeteria, we asked them, hey, you're, you're a facilitator. You're in a new city that you don't know. You're entering a bar. And rumor has it, that's where all the facilitators and the cool people that are working on cool projects just like you are hanging. So you're entering, the room is packed, it's full of people, everyone's chatting, imagine them sitting at tables. The million-dollar question for you is, what would make you stay and enjoy a drink with them? And what would make your time in that space worthwhile? So then we invited them in breakout rooms and they had this vision that they're entering a cafe and it's buzzy and it's chatty and there's everyone's like kind of doing the same thing that they're, but you don't know anyone. And so they went on and they put things like, I don't know, is there music? Is someone, um, I don't know, lifting, like coming to, to ask me to join them at a table? Do I have to find my way to a table and do I have to introduce myself? Or will someone welcome me and facilitate that introduction? 
or um, I would want to hear about raw stories. I want to hear about failures. I don't want to be hear about polished things. That would make me want to pick my interest and make me want to join them and stay. So you are, again, it's very metaphorical because you're asking a question that apparently has nothing to do with the project we're working on, with the community we're building, but actually it does have a lot of things to do because we learned so much on how should the onboarding look like? Uh, what are the feelings that people would want to have when they will step into our community hub? Uh, what is it that they expect to see there? What is it that they would like to find? What would pique their interest? Because again, I think there's so many communities out there, Philippa. And I, I mean, you know that it's yes. <laughs> the same as I do. And there's only more coming, which is amazing. I think it's beautiful. I think communities are the future. I think that communities can have the potential to change the world. But as more and more communities appear, the currency of attention that the members have, like that's the most important thing that they can offer to us. So they won't offer and they won't give us that attention if the space we're building, the community, the value we're creating is not what they, they want to have, right? And so the million dollar question gave us some hints into, hey, what might be value for these people? Why should they hang? And also more important, why should they come back to the space? They come in once, but why should they open that tab, which again, we can talk about platforms as well if you want to. Circle is not a, you know, under people's noses like Slack is or I don't Discord or any out of these chat platforms. So then why should they remember to check this space? Uh, and so we got a couple of hints from this activity. And then maybe to give you a couple of more examples, uh, we moved to the rooftop bar uh, with everyone in our mirror house. And in here, uh, the groups had to plan a cocktail. So they had to design the cocktail, uh, the recipe of a cocktail, um, which was called our success cocktail receipt. And so in here, the prompts that the groups had in their conversation was, um, we're all individuals, we're different, we're coming from different walks of life uh, with different experiences, and we all have our own definition of success for ourselves as individuals. So we can plan and achieve goals and et cetera, but could we plan and could we design a definition of success for us as a group? And if we could, what would success look like for a community of like-minded facilitators and workshoppers? And the way we guided this conversation was in three steps. The first one was, first, think of your wins. Think of your wins, your successes as individual, in your collaborative projects, at work, with your team, whatever that is. What are the key elements of those wins? What are your insights? What shape does success take for you, right, individually? Now move on to the next step and discuss and think about a moment in life when you achieved success and you had amazing results, not as an individual, but as part of a collective. Is that your team? Is it at school? Is it with collaborators, etc.? So how did that look like compared to your individual definition of success? Any overlaps, anything different? What are the insights? What can you crystallize out of, out of this reflection? And can you cluster anything? And then now, knowing what success means like for you and what success looks like for you in a collective, let's boil it down to six ingredients that you believe are key for 
a definition of success for a community of like-minded people. And so this is an activity that you are, we're building a cocktail. It's all about reflection and conversation. But those sticky notes at the end for us were really, really important to understand, A, what is, what's the value that they expect and what does success look like? So after we are engaging in different activities, we're designing programs and projects, that those, those might result in very different things, right? And we wanted to understand what does success look like for, for them? Successful project, successful collaboration, what shape and form does it take? So that was another activity that we had in our workshop, right? Yeah, and there were a, there were a couple of more. Uh, you, you managed to squeeze in a few more in the two hours that you had. <laughs> Imagine. I, mean, I, I come from a teaching background, so I, I do know how, you know, how you would set up like a lesson or how you would set up like a workshop or whatever. And it's like, okay, that, I, I get that, that that could take just one of those exercises, could take a whole hour really to, to really get your teeth into. So, wow, amazing. What I what I really am fascinated by as well is the way that you set it up so that you could really really get a deep understanding of your members and what their needs are and what their pains are, mm. you know, by by looking at what excites them in the coming year and and what are their concerns. So it's like you really got a great definition and and also great definition of of where they're going to get value and what value is to them and what success is to them and how do they know when they've succeeded you know by by getting them to visualize that for you as well i guess it must be so much easier with your job in the community now to be able to show them what success is and remind them how it feels and rem- you know using the words that they created as well yeah yeah so uh, well, using the words that's it's funny that you mentioned that because after making sense of all this like hundreds and thousands of sticky notes that we were left with, I mentioned that we build kind of like the foundations of the community, everything in terms of values and mission and the vibe and et cetera. Um, we, there were so, so many good things in there that we actually find ourselves just copy pasting, like literally taking their words and putting them into into our community manifesto or foundation. So just for example, especially in our values or our community vibe, how we call it, we had a sticky note which said more learning, less ego, right? So that turned into one of our values. And another one said, dance around each other, don't tiptoe. Oh, that's really good. Dance. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yes. Let's dance. Uh, Everything about authenticity, vulnerability, bringing your whole self. Don't tiptoe around each other. Let's dance around each other. Let's, you know, welcome who we are as people, etc. Act with a hive mind as well. Like these are, we took a lot of things, literally like took them from the sticky notes and plotted them into our community foundations. and. that was very important because I think um, you do feel part of something that you've built because you do recognize your words into that manifesto. Yeah. You wrote that sticky note. It's yours. It, it is. It is. And I'm thinking, okay, how big is the Butter community today? We are now, and let me quickly have a look. 
669. 669 people. And and it's been going for two, well, not actually, not even two years, is it? Because it was, when did you say? September, really, that was the actual sort of official launch. So it'll be two years in September, and we're recording this in June. The episode will be then, you know, will not be actually released until later on in the year. But even so, so by the time maybe the episode... Yeah. 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 So it's okay. So it's only been going, no, you said 2020. So it's almost two years. It's, uh, it's uh, last year. We launched it in September last year. Oh, September last year. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So back, back. Yes. Because of course it was, um, did I say that wrong at the beginning? So when did you join? Uh, Last year. Yeah. I said it wrong at the beginning because I said uh, you joined the Butter team in June 2020. It was June 2021. Okay. See, I didn't catch that either. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. I'm, I'm now one year. We're in June now. We're, sh- we're, we're recording this in June. So I'm one year at Butter. Okay. It's my okay, Butterversary. So yes. Oh, yes. Right. Your, your Butterversary. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, June 2021 then. Um, Right. So you haven't even had your first year. So I'm thinking this is such a beautiful way of using, you know, co-creation, this collaboration, really tapping in to the members and building a community together with them. Um, Are you going to use this sort of type of workshopping again? Because, you know, we, we know that our, you know, our rules of engagement we that they're not they're not sort of carved in stone we want to make sure that they're living breathing and and is this sort of something that you can see yourselves doing again then workshopping again with these people yes that uh, most definitely um we took so much value out of this uh couple of hours workshopping and especially now since um people are like the community's eight months old so people, we've, we've added new members. Everyone had the chance and opportunity to see, okay, how did we start it? What were the things that keep us busy? Um, what do we like? What would we like to see different? What is it that we would like to change? And we have different ways of doing this. So there's definitely a surveys, right? Like we're serving people and we're asking them, what is it that we can improve all the time? Like every three months. Um, we're also talking to them like one-on-ones, your usual member chats or interviews. Um, and we're also doing a lot of um, either roundtable conversations, like really small groups of five up to eight people or interviews whenever we are um, doing the discovery phase for a new bigger project, a, a bigger community project that goes beyond a simple event or a conference, etc. And that is the approach we're taking when we're building programs for different personas. And for example, right now we're looking into what type of value might we create and which shape or form might a program take for our community members that are either leading or part of a facilitation agency, small boutique, because we have a lot of activities and a lot of events and AMAs and ways to contribute and learn and get together, especially as an individual, but not as much as a team, as a business owner, 
as a um, agency whose main goal or motivation is to be well known and have my name out there and gain more clients and traction. And our where we are right now is can we as the community, can we somehow design something and support these community members in achieving their goals, whatever those goals are, that's what we're going to find out with them or from them. Um, can we design something together that brings them value? So that's where we mainly go for interviews, where we would definitely go for um, workshops where you're basically inviting the community together and workshop on a certain topic. Um, We have a couple of ideas, Uh, for example, going back to the values are still like, do we live up to these values? Are these values still valid? Is this something that you're seeing? And if we're not seeing every day, how can we enforce them, enable them? How can we make them more visible, for example? So that's something that we were contemplating. Um, Things, ideation, uh, retrospectives um, on activities. So we're doing a lot of a lot of things and experimenting a lot and putting a lot of scrappy things out there and see what, you know, what adds value and what doesn't land well and so on. And we're actually planning a uh, retrospective type of workshop with whomever would like to join and give us feedback and see, hey, as a community. And again, I think it's important the words we're using. I'm a very much, I believe that communities are... (laughs) more most fruitful when they're not managed by one person or very few people and i mean you need someone to manage probably processes you need someone really to you know make sure that the rules of engagement are respected and so on but actually when it comes to value to creativity to things we're designing together things we're creating together a community should gather and should ideate and should be able to collaborate to create value for themselves uh, because it's really hard and I'm not sure if that's actually a community when all the members are constantly waiting for someone to create value for them and that's definitely an approach but I don't think that's where most learning and most growth and most value comes out of. I think that it comes from those spaces where you can raise a hand and say, I've got this idea and you can rally three, seven, 10, 20 other members and make make it work. Yes. And it's a journey towards that mindset. And it's definitely um, not easy. But I do believe that things like co-creation workshopping and this retrospective that I just mentioned, this looking at what, and, and you might think a oh, retrospective might be, might be very critical on to, you know, the things that come from me or the things that come from the core team. We also have a core community core team, but at the end of the day, yes. And we want that, but we can also use that opportunity to put under the retrospective magnifying glass, the, the mini contribution, the organic contribution Uh, is there something that we can do as a collective better to spark those serendipitous moments, those serendipitous collaborations where true magic actually happens? Amazing. Yeah. I I love, so I'm interrupting your flow there. I could listen to you all day. Um, I like as well how you were really defining what for you community is and that it really is about empowering 
everyone in the community, bringing them and giving them the space and the acknowledgement and also um, the, uh, there's a word for it, the um, allowance or they're, they're allowed to, to be a part and create and take. And I think, again, when you said it takes a little bit of time as well, because a lot of people are very used to being served, you know, and not used to actually being in a space where, oh, I am allowed to create. I, I do have that space. And, and in actual fact, it's encouraged. And, and that's what makes this space so much more special and, and fruitful for everybody because we all are adding to it. And, and it makes it such a richer, more complex, more varied, you know, more colorful space to be hanging out in as well. Yeah. And um, Anna Marie, thank you so much for talking to me today. We're going to have to have another conversation. Absolutely. We're not finished. I've got so many more questions I want to ask you. Where can people find you if they would like to get in contact with you? The best way is on uh, LinkedIn, and we can link that to the show notes, but I spend more than half of my life on LinkedIn. So feel free to find me there. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for today and, and everything that you've done. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Philippa. And that wraps up another broadcast of the Thriving Community Show, brought to you by InfoStack, the number one discount bundle site on the internet, helping you get hold of premium collections of tools, training, and resources so you can achieve your goals while saving up to 99% off the retail price. And that, my friends, seems like a pretty good deal to me. Find out more at infostack.io. Remember too, that when you buy from Infostack for the first time, use the special discount code only you get for being a thriving community show listener. Use the word THRIVE when you check out and get 10% off your first purchase. The bundles they put together are already ridiculously cheap. And now you get another 10% off be sure to head over to infostack.io. They release about two new bundles a month and have the occasional flash sale too. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review and share what you learned. It really helps to spread the word about this podcast so more businesses and entrepreneurs can use the power of community and create greater impact in the world. And finally, if you need help building and growing your community and membership site and earning recurring revenue so you can spend your time on what matters most to you, head on over to philippagillstrom.com. Let's have a chat and uncover what you can create moving forward. That's it for this episode. Breathe in deeply, pause for a second, and now go be fabulous you.